The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And today's guest is an old friend of mine. Her name is Brooks Still. She's not old. She's pretty good looking. But I've known her for a long, long time. And she's a longtime pioneer of alternative healing and teaching. And I've been very privileged to study alongside of her in her healing journey and been the grateful recipient of her powerful healings many times. I'm very excited to have her on the show. She's a very busy professional with her international healings and workshops, and she facilitates many different kinds of healings depending on the needs of her client. She's a creator of expanding your awareness and clearing the core brand of workshops and retreats, and they have been transforming hundreds of clients every year. Welcome, Brooke. Oh, thank you so much for having me, James. Well, I know one thing that uh, has always really been uh, so near and dear to my heart is that you have been doing this ever since the day you were born. And could you share some of the stories of the things you remember from your family of what you were doing when you were young? Sure. You know, a lot of them I really didn't remember. I had the grace of bringing my grandmother to one of my teachers and having them meet and them just sitting there and chatting and all these stories that came up about me as a little girl was pretty amazing. So my grandmother had stories that she told Star about me being a baby and crying to be picked up by people. Then they'd pick me up and I'd fight to get to the part that they were hurting at. Then I'd cry to be put down and I'd sleep and they weren't in pain anymore. So, of course, I don't remember that because I was a baby. However, I do remember some pretty amazing things that happened as a little child. And I just, it's, it's just an amazing and remarkable life to be able to just walk into a park and sit on a bench and literally have a master come sit next to you and talk to you and start teaching you. And so these are pretty amazing things that happened to me. My mother was your typical hippie. So instead of being shut down, she um, you know, would like to enjoy and all of her little drugs and so on and so forth. So 
when I'd go outside and play and I'd say, oh, my gosh, I saw this, that, and whatever, whereas most parents would shut you down going, oh, honey, that's your imaginary friend or something along those lines, my mom was, great, go try to find one with, like, a polka dot shirt and, like, striped pants, and so she'd send me outside <laughs> again. And I'd be hunting for this thing for hours, hoping that I'd get that. So it was some of the best psychic training you could possibly ask for. So it was pretty wild. That's yeah, well, I was just going to say, to have a parent that encouraged your imagination is probably the best gift in the world. It is, and most people don't realize the way the energy runs in our body, at our third eye, there's a line of energy that is our psychic awareness, and right next to that is our imagination. So if we get our imagination shut off, we accidentally get our psychic awarenesses shut off as well, too. So this is where you can actually have a conversation with a child. You ever talk to like a little kid, you know, before they hit age five or six and you ask them, you know, what does an angel look like? And they'll tell you or, you know, what is God to you? And they'll explain to you from this amazing, wise standpoint because they didn't have it shut off. So if you have a child that has an imaginary friend, it would be a great idea to ask her to have a conversation with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a remarkable thing. You know, at some point what happens is that veils will start to naturally drop down around a kid anyways because at some point you're going to have some of your veils drop around you because if you stay completely open, you don't have the experience of waking up. So with my two daughters, my youngest didn't have the veils dropped around her. And when she was very little, she'd come up to me going, Mommy, why doesn't Raven, which is my older daughter's name, why doesn't she remember that we're best friends and that we agreed to come here together and be sisters, that we can be together because we love each other so much? Why doesn't she remember? And she was very distraught and heartbroken over it. And then when she became a teenager, which is another interesting thing, when your hormones shift and change, that's sometimes when the veils will drop down or start to open up again, too. So her hormones started kicking in as a teenager, and her veil started dropping down. And she was actually panicked during that time, saying, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting, I'm scared, Mommy, help me. So it's an interesting piece, because if you sit there and you allow them to not cut themselves off early, they'll have more awareness, and they'll usually stay in their heart and be more open and kind as they're getting older. But at some point, the veils will still have to drop around them. So when would you say that you first became aware that you had a special connection with the divine? Oh. Um, when I really, really got it was when I moved up to Mount Shasta with my dad. And he took us in, my sister and I, and took us into what's a Southern Baptist church. And I had never been in one of those before. <laughs> I'm Best sorry. music I... ever, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, really great music, though. Have you never been? Such good music. <laughs> I'm an ordained deacon in the Southern Baptist Church. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> my daddy was a deacon, too. <laughs> uh, oh, the stories we could tell. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it was so funny because my dad actually sat there and he explained to me how to pray to Jesus at that time. And so he had to kind of break it down for me because I wasn't really getting how they did it. 
And he said, okay, it's just like what we're doing right now, honey. He's like, how I'm sitting here in front of you and you're talking to me, you do that just with Jesus, except you have your eyes closed and you have your hands together and you do it quietly. You don't say it out loud. The one thing he didn't tell me, (laughs) which I think is one of the best trainings I could have gotten, that he forgot to mention that it's usually from their perspective of when you're praying that you're quiet and you're begging God or you're talking to God and you're not getting an answer back. Because he said it was a conversation, everything in me expected that if I sat there with my eyes closed and talked to Jesus, that Jesus would talk back to me. And so I had that right off the bat. And I sat there and it was... And Jesus, I can tell you, was my best friend as a little girl. That was my go-to. It's like every single moment was with Jesus. And still to this day, I adore him. I think he is one of the most outrageous masters, amazing masters you could ever connect with. And I love all of them. But there is something amazing for me when it comes down to Jesus. So I knew that my connection with the divine was more important to me than anything else because it was the purest light, the purest energy, and it had an energy of true compassion and kindness that no matter how much we try to hold that space as people, we aren't able to really hold that to its fullest. So for me, there was nothing more important than that connection. Wow, that is an amazing story. Um, You know, now... For the people that don't know Brooke, um, Brooke is like the mother you wish you had. And she holds so much love and so much space and so much integrity and so much just comfort and joy. It's like, why isn't everybody like that? What was it about your journey Brooke, that enabled you to evolve or elevate your consciousness to something that's totally extraordinary? I honestly feel the reason why I am this way is because I don't think that there's anything different between any of us. I really see that amazing divine spark in everyone. So to treat anyone less than the love that they are, doesn't make sense to me. Right. I couldn't imagine not adoring everyone, you know? And there is a discernment that needs to happen when we're engaging with people around that, too. Because you're only able to accept as much love in as you're willing to give out. So I can, let's say you're able to love yourself at like a 9, right? If I give you a 9.5, you can take it. If I go up to a 10, probably not. So the the energy of being able to actually really love someone can only be just slightly above where they're at for them to really fully take it in, or they can actually wind up starting to shock their bodies. Does that make sense? Have you seen people who get so much shakti in them, they're delighted and excited, and they're running around, and they're thrilled, and then they get out of the vibration of the being that can register that type of love in themselves because they're not separating themselves anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So what will happen is, you know, they'll be able to hold that maybe for a couple of days, and then they get into the routine of going back home or something along those lines, and then it's like they've lost it, which is not the truth at all. 
it's just that they don't know how to vibrate at that rate. But it doesn't mean that they're not that loved too. I know that you have had a difficult childhood. Uh, You paid your dues. You went through what you had to go through in order to uh, elevate your consciousness. And I, I know there are a lot of people out there who are listening to this show that are maybe going through some really hard times right now. And how would you encourage people who are living with something that may be unacceptable or or hard to deal with? I mean, what is it about your journey that you can share with people that would make whatever they're going through seem worth it? Mm. It all depends on what's going on in their life, right? But the thing is, is the biggest piece is to trust yourself and to have the courage to take action. You know, to really love yourself and love yourself enough to actually move forward in action. Not just thinking about something, not just talking about it, but actually moving forward. And not everything feels good. <laughs> we we have this thing that, you know, we want everything to look a certain way and we want to surrender as long as it looks the way that we want it to look and it's got the pretty bow around it and everything along those lines. And that's not the way that it's set up for us to fully grow. You know, it literally is every experience that you create for yourself is exactly that. It's an experience you created for yourself. And you can move through it and be in complete and utter pain. Or you can move through it and say, thank you, God. And you can choose one of those two spaces. And you can go through the pain. You know, trying to fake that you're not going through pain is not going to help you. Actually feeling the pain and fully feeling it, going, okay, I'm really in it, and this hurts like nobody's business, and be really real and breathe through it and allow as much light to come into your body at the same time will help you move through it. But you have to actually be really real, and you have to allow yourself to move through those pieces. When it comes down to, let's say, um, I've had a lot of people come to me and go, um, I want a mate, where's my mate? Or I want a child. Why can't I have a child? Okay? And it's not for me to give someone a mate. It's not for me to give someone a child, right? That's not really the space. However, my question would be, why is it that you need something outside of yourself to love yourself enough to be okay? And when you start to answer that for yourself and start healing that piece and find that you're good enough as you are, that you don't need something outside of yourself to love yourself, that's when you start really attracting the new mate in. That's when you usually will actually attract the energy of a child in if you're supposed to do that. But it's a hard thing for people to hear or accept because we're programmed to think we need something other than us. And the truth is, you don't. You just need to sit and be with yourself. You need to allow your soul to pour its light and its love into you. You need to stay fully connected into the earth. And if you're doing that, you're living a life of integrity. At the same time, we are all one within the other, too. So you don't do that and you sit in a cave by yourself. If you're supposed to do that, you would have been born in India, right? (laughs) But, But here we are. We're in this Western world. We've created the biggest greatest, challenging, fabulous experience ever. How can we do this and move around and love each other fully at the same rate that we're loving ourselves? The more you learn to love yourself, the more you can love others. 
and we all learn from each other from that. Okay, I have a I have an image in my mind mm-hmm. that there's you know it's like the fifties ideal of a perfect woman, which is high heels, black dress, pearls, vacuum cleaner, cleaning the dishes. Mm-hmm. And then there's Brooks Steele. And so explain how you took the path to being Brooks Steele. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, the funny thing is I was thinking that I really wanted to be a doctor or anything else because I love the idea of healing. Um, when I actually saw a biopsy, I got to observe one, I couldn't handle it. I went, okay, I obviously can't be a doctor. Maybe I'll do like something like massage therapy or something. I really didn't want to wind up doing the healing work that I do now because I kind of really wanted to be what I referred to as normal. <laughs> you know? Because there's, there's a thing that happens, and I know you know this, when it comes down to being a spiritual healer or a teacher, a lot of the times people won't be able to connect with you for just connecting with you. They're connecting with you because, oh, my gosh, that's Sheen's Robinson, right? And I knew that that would possibly happen to me. And I was concerned about it, and I didn't know if I really wanted to do it. And so I was trying to avoid it. And here it is. You cannot avoid your karma. You cannot avoid your dharma in a lifetime. It just is impossible. You know, the divine will bring you back to it again and again and again. The first few times the divine will bring you to it is really gentle and loving. And after a while, it's like, obviously, you didn't get the message here. Let me shake you up a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And then after a while, you're like, okay, that's good. I surrender. I'm good. I'll do it. (laughs) So there there really is no option. (laughs) This whole whole thing of, uh, you know, true free will, it doesn't really exist, I don't think. (laughs) However, once you surrender into it for myself, I love this work so much. I learn every time I teach, every time I have the grace of holding the space for someone to heal, I have something in me heal. I have the opportunity to hold space and watch God heal God, literally. And there's nothing greater, there's no greater service for myself that I can possibly imagine offering up. I'm so grateful that this is the life that was created for me. So how do, you, how do you describe to people who would want to have something similar to what you have, what, do you, what did you do or what did you experience that got you to where you are? Mm. I had the great grace of studying with a lot of different teachers. As you know, you know <laughs> I've been to one and, and uh, you've gone and studied with several people too. I've had the great grace of studying with a lot of people. And I think it's fantastic because it gives you a wide, wide range of tools to be able to offer because one modality may be perfect for one person, but it might not be the right thing for another being. So it gives God a big toolbox for you to be able to kind of reach in and offer, right? If somebody wants to step into being a healer, if they really feel called to being a healer, then I suggest that they, you know, take basic courses to start off with, obviously, you know, learning the chakras and everything along those lines. These things are good to learn. And the reason why is because all healing is based off, from what I understand and looking at how the body works, is that we're all light. All we are is light anyways. Light, vibration, sound, this is what actually holds the whole human form together. So if you understand how each of those little vortexes move 
and work in the body. We're talking the main chakras and all the minor chakras. If you're able to notice how that light is moving, if it's not moving the speed it needs to move, if it's not the right color, if it's not coming out with the right tone coming out of their body, it's going to lead to disease. So understanding just the chakras alone to start off with is a good piece. Then from there, whatever you're interested in is the best tool for you. If you all of a sudden think that herbs are like the coolest thing ever, you should be studying herbs. If you think it's crystals that need to be laid down on somebody, you should be studying crystals because you'll have a natural propensity to want to actually study on something that sparks your interest. And it might not be that you're going to be using this for the rest of your life, but there's a piece in it for you, and there's also a piece in it for someone who's going to be seeing you. You know, And then, of course, there becomes the whole piece for where you're actually practicing. You know, Every state has different rules around healers, too. So I strongly suggest that people actually find out what their state requires for you to be able to do hands-on healing because some places won't allow you to do it, and sometimes you have to become a reverend to do that. Or you might need to get your massage license or something along those lines. So there's the logistics of it as well, right? So those are some of those pieces. I so still, <laughs> when did you know that you were a healer, and what did you do when you knew that? This one, I think I was maybe four and a half, five years old. I think I think that was right around that age. And this is a, a big piece that happened. And um, like I said, it was a troubled childhood type of thing. And my mom had some pretty interesting things. And so my mom had her boyfriend over and um, my sister, who was older than me, her job was to fill the ice cube trays in the freezer. And so... Somehow, those little ice cube trays weren't fully filled or something along those lines. And my sister and I were sitting at the kitchen, little dinette table there, and my mom's boyfriend came in. My mom was not to be found anywhere. And he opens the freezer, and he sees that it isn't filled up the way it's supposed to be. And he completely loses it. And he grabs my sister, and he puts her head in the freezer, and he gets slamming the door in on her neck going, what's wrong with you, saying all these things. And then he's holding it, and her arms and her legs are flailing. And I could tell that she was in real trouble. And I run down, and I bite him as hard as I can with my teeth um, on his leg. And I could taste the blood in my mouth from biting him to try to stop him from hurting her because he was just crazy. And he grabbed me by the hair and threw me across the room. And so when I came to, he wasn't there anymore, and my sister was laying on the kitchen floor. And I go to her, and she's not breathing, and she's not there anymore. And I went, please, God, no, 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 don't leave me. And I put my hands on her, and there was a big blue spark. And she took in a deep, deep breath, and she was back again. And that was when I knew that I had something. But it scared me, and I wasn't sure what to do with it. So that was... I said around five years old is when that piece happened. Um, you know, I would just literally just come up to people and I would just, you know, rub them on the back if they had a little sore spot and stuff, and that stuff would pull off from them. But um, the real heavy-duty work when it came down to, like, spine straightening and cancer and stuff like that, that came in with my training with STAR because I had gotten 
as far as I could on my own, and I needed someone to help me learn how to actually manipulate the body to actually heal itself again. And energetically that way, that was done to manipulate the body to force it to heal again. The challenge is is that sometimes when we do that type of work, a person will call back a disease back into their body because they haven't fully dealt with their emotional pieces around it. So healing really has to come from the perspective of somebody actually healing the core of themselves to actually get into the emotional pieces and the energetic pieces to heal that first and then get into the body. Because if not, the body will call back in what's going on that caused that disease even stronger, and they'll get sicker. Well, one of the things that I've always admired about you is the fact that you're such a loving presence. And is that something that you developed, or is this something that you were born with? I've always been really loving. In fact, that's probably one of the things that most people will talk about with me as a little kid. It's like, you're always so sweet. You're always so loving. No one would ever think that, you know, you'd ever have anything happen to you because you're so loving. But even when things did happen, you know, like I said, you know, any of the abuse that happened with me, you know, with my mom's extra boyfriends and stuff like that, even while the abuse was happening, I'd tell them, it's okay, it's okay, I love you, it's okay. Can you imagine somebody actually acting that way with you? When you're harming someone, you know, my dad said, you know, when he had to like punish me as a kid, I would hug him afterwards and tell him, it's okay, daddy. It's all right. Don't be sad. <laughs> so it's just, it's a, you know, I couldn't imagine how hard that would be, you know, as a parent, you know, as a parent, I, you know, when I've had to discipline my children, if they were sitting there going, it's okay, mommy, I love you. Don't be upset that you had to discipline me. I would not be able to discipline them again. <laughs> like, oh. You know, it, just, it, would, it would be challenging. But that's just the way that my nature has always been. To be honest, it's just who I am. Yeah, you know, I remember just being able to sit beside you and enjoy your presence. It's always been such a joy to be with you and to be around your energy. So we're going to have to take a break, and we'll be back shortly. But this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking to Brooke Still, a master healer. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Lots of people talk about publishing their work, but have no idea where to start. If you are one of these aspiring authors or know somebody who is, don't miss Publishing Today Radio with Athena Dean Holtz. Thought leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and in general, storytellers all want to get their messages in print, and that includes branding and marketing. Athena and her guests are here to answer your publishing questions and more. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show. 
Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. The Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel, from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And today, our guest is Brooke Still, who is a master healer and teacher and I've known her for a long time, and we're having just a great conversation with her, how she became the healer and teacher that she is. Uh, Brooke, could you tell us what you're doing now? Ah, I offer several different courses to take with me, and what I really love doing is I love doing retreats, and I have two that I think are amazing. One's called Expanding Your Awareness. And the other one is called Clearing the Core. And Expanding Awareness, I've been doing pretty much annually for the last seven years. And it's just great. It's an amazing four or five days of what I call just tremendous ahas and the ability to be in a community of people that are just incredibly loving. And the vibration of it is just amazing. And when you walk out of that, remember how I was talking about in our first segment where you get into that really big vibrational energy actually make sure that we go through the whole pieces of how you can actually really maintain that. I don't say hold, because when we hold something, we're not actually integrating it and claiming it as ours. We're actually holding ourselves. And when we hold ourselves like that, we're not allowing the energy to flow, and we wind up stagnating, and we're stuck in that old energy. So there's a big difference between integrating, allowing yourself to keep stepping up forward, which is a gorgeous piece. And my next Expanding Awareness is actually September 4th through the 7th. I'm going to be doing that in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm very excited about that. And we do have room if anyone wants to come. (laughs) And literally, we cover everything from where you were before you were born to how you're actually living your life now to understanding the whole process of awakening. My whole mission is based on helping people heal and to wake up. That's the only reason why I think any of us are here anyways. People will ask me all the time, what is my sole purpose? What is my mission? And I will tell you, it's the same for every single person on the planet, to remember your God and be it. Not just know it, but be it. The difference is, is how you come about doing that. That's where it comes out to different soul contracts. Because perhaps you need to be a carpenter and do that. Perhaps you need to be a healer and do that. 
perhaps you need to be a surfer and do that. <laughs> you never know what it's going to look like from one person to the next. But just to give you like a little bit of an idea of expanding your awareness, just to open yourself up, one of the pieces that I talk about is the microcosm and the macrocosm of us. So all of us have heard that we're all starseeds, you know, that we're little pieces of the universe itself, right? And if you were considering yourself as part of the universe, you're just one little tiny speck of sand in the entire beach of the universe itself. And so we know that we're part of that microcosm, of this great macrocosm of the universe, right? However, most people don't look at it also from the experience of our physical bodies, too, okay? Imagine your body as a complete universe itself. Now, this is important for a healer. Each and every single one of your body systems is like an entire unit of consciousness itself. And each of them basically have like the emotional understanding of maybe a five or a six-year-old. So if you've ever stood in front of the mirror and not liked something that you looked at, that you've been projecting that energy basically at a little kid. So, you know, you're not happy about, you know, your face or your chest or your legs or something along those lines, and you stare at there and stare at it and go, err, at it. Basically, after a while, it'll actually even start looking worse <laughs> because you're literally projecting that at a little kid, essentially. It's like, you know, someone coming in going, Mommy, Mommy, look, I, I wrote, I drew this beautiful picture for you. And yet you're, you know, on the phone, cooking dinner at the same time. You're like, uh-huh, yeah, honey, that's great. Just put it on the fridge for Mommy. <laughs> It's essentially the energy that we send into our bodies. And we're continually having all these experiences that we can basically become greater and greater beings of light. But what we're not realizing is that that consciousness in our body is also evolving. We didn't start off having the full consciousness of a human. You know, you probably started off as an amoeba. So the consciousness of each of these little organs, yeah, the consciousness of each of these organs in that are literally growing and learning from us. So how amazing is it to actually start looking at those pieces and actually start loving each of those areas? And I really got it when I started working on people and I put my hands on their stomach. And the first time I ever went, oh, my God, no one's ever listened to you. I went, hello, 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 beautiful little tummy. How are you today? And the person on the table is looking at me like I'm crazy, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, her stomach's like, <laughs> like physically, you could hear her tummy just going like nobody's business. But I was getting a tremendous amount of information going, you're going to actually listen to me. You actually listen to me? And just to actually love that organ back into a state of telling it it's precious and it's beautiful is amazing. And so we don't think of us as being the universe for all the cells of our bodies, but we are. And so just as much as we desire the love of the divine coming to us, our entire form is asking the same thing of us too. Well, well let me ask you something. When you um, talk about the microcosm and the, m- the microcosm, <laughs> You, you're talking about what you are perceiving and what the other person is perceiving, correct? What I'm talking about is you having an entire body, you being in charge of this entire body, it's like a universe. And every single one of those cells 
makes up that universe. And each and every single one of those cells has consciousness as well. That's why they talk about not touching the body for three days, because quite frankly, you leave right off the bat. But the consciousness of the rest of your body, all those organs that are having their experience with you, they need a little time. Okay. Yeah. And so, once again, when we go beyond just thinking of ourselves as bodies and just think of ourselves as part of the universe in and of itself, that's the whole reference of being one little tiny piece of sand on the beach of consciousness that is everything. And to understand that our cells look at us the same way as the entire energy of the universe for our personalities is a pretty amazing thing to actually start playing it. Well, let me ask you, because I know a lot of us are, a lot of our listeners are wondering, what does this really mean? And what can I learn from Brooke is, what have you seen can happen when you apply this philosophy to your practice? For yourself? Okay. So let's talk about, we can do it from the perspective of healing your body. And actually okay. accepting your body, which yep. is a big piece, right? right? And there's a great, you know, in the piece, there's a huge amount of relaxation and peace in actually being really good with yourself, really accepting yourself. And when you go into that space and you start seeing that every little part of you is really precious, the ability to love yourself at a greater rate expands. And the more love that you're able to actually allow throughout every system of your body, throughout every cell of your body, means there's more light that you're allowed and allowing to actually expand in you. So for me, like I said, healing is not just about physical healing. It's also about fully awakening in this life. And the only way we can do that is by being able to relax within ourselves, to fully love, and allow ourselves to love others. And it's almost impossible to do that if you can't truly love yourself on all levels. Okay, well, for somebody that doesn't know what it means to love yourself, Mm. because I know I've just recently been through an experience I, you know, I always thought I loved myself, but the thing is, is that I found out that I really didn't. And, you know, what is it, how do you tell whether you love yourself or not? I believe everybody does love themselves, but they might not love themselves very much. They might be enamored with themselves. They might have entitlement. They might, you know, respect the fact that they have a form. But there is a difference between truly loving yourself and all that, as you know. However, if you don't fully love yourself, you're looking for something outside of yourself. You're looking for approval. You're always constantly reaching and grasping for something other than being completely peaceful in yourself. If you really love yourself, you are peaceful. And there's a difference between peaceful and numb. Big difference. Right. Truly peaceful. Expanded, incredible loving energy. The big thing that happens, though, is that, you know, there's that, have you ever, you've heard that term, fake it till you make it, right? Yep. Impossible. 
struggle with that and I've done that myself too I'm like how can you fake this till you make it because love is a vibration everything's a vibration and if you don't have that particular vibration let's say patience this is a great one to use let's say that you're working on becoming a more patient being right but you've never been patient you've never had anybody be patient with you so you don't really understand the vibration of patience so this is where having other people to hang out with becomes extremely important. You know, as somebody would refer to as a satsang or your group of friends. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you pick a group of friends that seem to have patience down really well. And so let's say we'll give two different names. We'll we'll actually give a couple names. We'll, We'll just go with A, B, and C. That's it. Okay, so we'll say... One person in a group is A, and they've got great patience with animals, but they have no patience with people. And the person B has great patience with elderly, but does not have any patience at all with children, okay? And then C has amazing patience with themselves and no patience for anybody else, okay? So the more people that you're around, obviously, the more different vibrations you're going to get into your body. You'll get A, you'll get B, you'll get C from that group, right? So you might have more patience for animals, more patience for elderly, and more patience for yourself, but you won't have the full spectrum of patience in and of itself, but it's a beginning, okay? Then what happens next is we go into meditation, and when we go into deep levels of meditation, we can expand on learning about the patients that we've gotten from A, B, and C. We can also do our full connection with our soul and connection with Earth. And this is a big piece because the connection with Earth, Earth has had every single human since the dawn of time for our planet walk on it. And so it's gotten every download from every person on patients. So every human experience of patience that's available out there is connected into the Earth. So you don't have to fake it till you make it. You can learn from the group of people that you're with, and then you can go into meditation and go, yay, I've learned those pieces. Help me increase this in for myself and help bring that vibration from the earth on all the other parts of patience that I need that I didn't even know I needed and didn't know was out there for me. And we can say the same thing for love because everybody loves themselves, and they might love just little pieces. They might be able to love animals. They might be able to love the elderly. They might have love for themselves, but they don't know how to do it from other angles. So to get that vibration into your form and into your fields first from other people who have mastered that for themselves is one of our key factors. Then meditation, really allowing your soul to pour its light into you and letting the vibration of the earth teach you how to go even deeper into it. And that's how we can actually really get it. So you don't have to fake it. You can't pretend that you have a vibration that's not vibrating within you. But if you have the experience around you, then you'll get it. Do you have any stories about the people that have benefited from your wisdom? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I get so many testimonies and so many thank yous. It's pretty amazing. I have so many people go, my, my life has completely changed because of you. A lot of the times when it comes down to expanding your awareness, they'll tell me that was like 10 years worth of metaphysics and energy work in four days. 
where they'll have to go home and just rest for a day to integrate everything in, and then they're completely different. You know, there are some people, of course, that are going to have challenges afterwards, but I've not had anyone go through that that doesn't go, oh, my God, I look at the world differently, and I look at me differently. So that's a good piece. For clearing the core, which is the other retreat that I do, this is huge work. As expanding your awareness is, um, what I would say, the great play in experiencing ourselves, clearing the core is the deep work of breaking apart all those patterns that don't serve us. Because a lot of the times we don't have someone holding this incredible space for us to get to the absolute deepest parts of what threw us off to begin with. And so between the energy work that's offered there, the space that's being held, and literally all the training that I had in group psychotherapy with the amazing Mary Sice and Sai Ma for this study that I've done for years with them, what happens in that is the stuff that you had from day one with mom and dad, you clear out in a way that you've never been able to clear out and face before. And it just drops away all the things that we had on us from that point. I've done a ton of work on mom and dad stuff, you know, and I'm sure you have too because, you know, we want to be as, as clean and clear as we possibly can. This was one of the particular things in my life that I thought, oh, I've got it all. I've cleared out everything until I went through that program went, oh, my gosh, I had no clue I still had that much stuff. And when I dropped that away, the ability to hold light jumped even more significantly. So between those two retreats, I think those are major game changers for somebody not only just to step into being an incredible healer, but to actually heal, to learn how to love themselves and to be loved. And there's nothing more safe than being in that type of space because, as you said, the space of love that I hold to those people, there's never a feeling of judgment that ever comes up at you. Just a space of complete and total love and acceptance as you move through everything. Now, you've got a number of classes that you list on your website that are intriguing to me. And one of them is neuroplasticity. Ah. (laughs) I love this. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about neuroplasticity then. Neuroplasticity literally is that. It's talking about how our brains actually change. Before we had this thought that, you know, you know you're only born with a certain amount of brain cells, and if they die off, that's it. <laughs> Too bad. So sad. That <laughs> little thing. Even all the way down oh, to that. Oh, fraternity life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that we only use 10% of our brain. Well, if that's the truth and you only use 10% of your brain, let's say that you had an automobile accident or some part of your head got hurt. Well, you know, obviously there's more working because you're still able to swallow. You might still be able to have other things happening or you might lose certain little things. But we know different areas of the brain actually work and take care of different segments, you know, for cognitive thinking and, you know, our fright and flight and everything along those lines. So the idea that, you know, only one little 10% part of our brain is working is wrong. And the whole idea that once, you know, you've learned a certain thing, that you can't step out of that, that you can't unlearn it. So the amazing thing with neuroplasticity is we can actually work to where you can actually watch how those little neurons fire 
when somebody has a thought. And what happens is that when somebody has a thought and they think it more than once, it starts to make that connection stronger and stronger and stronger until after a while it becomes so solid it's very hard to let go of. So let's say you're, you have um, an incident that happens like post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, right? Let's say you had an incident that it kicked in and every time you smell a certain smell, it triggers it and you're constantly smelling that smell for some reason, right? It will make that pathway so strong that you feel like you can't get past it. And the amazing thing with neuroplasticity is we can actually teach the brain to create a new neural pathway instead, strengthen that one, and start breaking apart the old one. And we do it really fast. You can literally, I've done this with somebody to where someone who was terrified of water, thought they were going to drown, could not even put their foot in water, and in half an hour I had them swimming. Well, that's definitely one I need to take. How about mm-hmm. peekaboo with God? Oh, peekaboo with God is so much fun. <laughs> it's, it's my daily life. <laughs> so, basically, peekaboo with God is exactly that. And I like to do this in a city or a town because it gives you more options to play, right? You know, it's like a difference between a playground with one piece of, uh, one piece of equipment for people to play on versus an entire thing with like 10 swing sets. <laughs> Okay, so essentially what happens is that when we talk to the divine, we're usually coming to God as a beggar or, you know, blah, 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 here's my list of blah, 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 do this and yada, yada for me. This is done completely differently. We just set up the energy to basically play with God the entire day. And it's like, okay, God, I double, double dog dare you, come play with me. And I start teaching people how to see how God's talking to them all the time. And we'll even start up with asking certain questions beforehand that they actually ask a couple different questions beforehand the night before so that we can set up the energy so that the next day as they're running around throughout the city and that, they get their answers. And it's literally paying attention so that you're literally playing peek with boo with God. It's such fun. And what do people get from that? They actually start paying attention because the divine's talking to us all the time. And it teaches you a different way to talk to God. Remember how I told you how my dad taught me how to pray? And if I had learned how to pray the other way, I would never have gotten the information. This is fun. The divine loves to play. So if you're actually like, okay, God, I double dog dare you. Show me my answer. Go ahead and talk to me in a way I wasn't expecting today. I'm open. I'm ready. I'm willing to actually pay attention and learn. It goes to a completely different energy. It's amazing the changes that you can see for people because then they stop walking around with blinders because most people walk around with blinders. You know, they're, they're in the routine doing their do instead of being. And this teaches you to step out of just doing and allowing you to actually open your eyesight, use your peripheral vision, use all the information energy that's coming through to actually allow the divine to be connected with you and answer you all day long. Okay, now here's one I have no clue. <laughs> the sacred cacao ceremony. Oh, I love this. I learned this in South America. I think this is amazing. I'm going to be doing this out, actually out in New York when I come out there next. So maybe you'll come and join us. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Absolutely. This is literally a recipe that I was taught how to make, and you do very specific prayers, and you call in the spirit of the cacao as well. Okay? So what happens is that between all the spices and the cacao itself, you'll be drinking a thing of what basically is cigarette cacao, which is, you know, hot chocolate. It does not taste good. I'm going to be perfectly honest. This is not goodbye by hot chocolate. <laughs> but this is God hot chocolate, and it's even better if you ask me. What happens is between the spices and also all the amazing prayers connecting with the actual energy of the plant, it allows your heart chakra to open up so much it's amazing. And so what we do is we actually have the ceremony, and then I'll start playing music, or I'll go into actually a trance state, and I'll just sit there and talk with everyone. And you just allow yourself to open up your heart and have a tremendously fun time just healing and learning to love yourself even deeper. And it also is not um, hallucinogenic. It's not... Uh, anything along those lines. It truly is just the cacao, but the cacao is so strong. In Mayan times, cacao is actually more treasured than gold itself because they knew the properties of what cacao can do for someone. So unlike ayahuasca, which will force you into a different um, zone completely where you have no control, this just literally cacao has the sweetness about her where she just leads you to the door and goes, okay, you can open it. You choose. Okay, one thing, we're almost out of time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but what is, where can people find out more about you? I know you've got a website. It's, um, it's creationcenter.org. Okay, and they can find out what your events are and what, what you're doing in the near future and whether Absolutely. or not they can... And if you can join us or not, absolutely. And if you can yeah. sign up for those retreats soon, I'd suggest you do so because they're going to be amazing. And um, I do travel all over the world. The calendar is up. I also have a blog, and we also have something called Our Community. Something I really love doing is I have something called 60 Seconds of Light. So starting the new moon of every month for three days, I'll activate and energize a picture with a very specific statement underneath it, and everybody focuses in on that. They allow that vibration to actually go into their body because it's being sent out. And then they send it to everybody in the group. And then they allow themselves to receive it from everyone in the group as well. So instead of that fake it till you make it, you really get the vibration of that going into your system. And so it's a gorgeous way of being able to share and be loving towards one another. I think it's fantastic. And then next month, we're going to be starting Mantra of the Month as well, where I'll be doing a video and showing a specific mantra to activate within you for that month. So these are all done, you know, basically as a gift because I believe that we are here to be of service to each other. And the more that we can do to help each other wake up, the better the world is. Well, everyone, I want you to know that you've just experienced just a small piece of Brooke still because she is an amazing being on this planet. And you owe it to yourself at least one time to experience her energy. But we're going to have to stop now. My producer's telling me that we have to go. And please contact Brooke at her website, and we will be back next week. This is great. Uh, Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. We've been talking to Brooke Steele. Thank you, Brooke. Oh, James, thank you. It was great to be with you today. (laughs) 
Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.